0: Well, thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Uh, We uh, made some decisions this week as far as uh, how we're going to go forward as a church. Um, As some of you may be aware, uh, the governor of Iowa uh, made a proclamation earlier in this week. Uh, She lifted the restrictions on some businesses in about 77 counties in our state. Uh, With regards to our county, she kept things in place until May 15th. But part of that proclamation also said that uh, they didn't believe, the state of Iowa does not believe legally they can uh, tell churches not to meet. So she opened up the ability for churches to meet uh, in the state of Iowa, regardless of the county they're in. So the board and I met this week, we made a couple of decisions. First of all, uh, we decided that uh, given the fact that Woodbury County's numbers are increasing and... Uh, given the fact that they're asking businesses to stay closed in Woodbury County until May 15th, uh, we just thought it was a wise and prudent decision not to open up right away this week. So uh, even though we're not a business, I understand church is different, but yet some of the principles apply. So as a board, we decided that for at least this week and next week, we're going to continue online. We'll see what the governor does uh, regarding the proclamation on May 15th, particularly in our county. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Now, uh, so we could technically be have a service in here as early as May 17th, but um, uh, we're, we're going to just take it and play it by ear, step by step. Uh, let me let you know what will happen once we do start meeting in our building. Uh, one of the things that we have decided is that we're going to continue doing what we're doing right now for at least a month. Um, I'm going to come in uh, near the end of the week. I'm going to record a message just like we did this week. Uh, We are going to put it on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and our podcast platform at 10 o'clock. So even when we do start meeting in the building, you need to know that nothing will change with regards to what you're seeing this morning. We'll continue to do that for at least a month after we meet in the building. Um, At the end of that month, you should know that what we're going to do is uh, we have made a commitment to online services. So from that point on, we will continue to do uh, online uh, on Sunday morning um, on a regular basis from here on out. The time may change. It's probably going to move to 1030. The format's going to be a little bit different, but basically you will continue to be able to see the message um, that we share every week with our our folks. So we just feel like based on what we have watched God do, uh, we want to continue being able to do that. So uh, that is our plan as we go forward. We'll give you more information as, as things change and things go along like that. So I do want to encourage you to get on our email list. That lets us know uh, and lets us communicate with you so that we can kind of tell you uh, some things that we don't necessarily share publicly. Uh, but private prayer, prayer requests, things like that, it kind of keeps you uh, in touch with uh, what's going on. Um, I trust that you have had a good week. I know the weather has been really great. So we've got a lot of farmers that have gotten a lot of stuff done, been able to get in the field. Um, I know a lot of people that are stuck at home are starting to uh, clean up farms. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're starting to clean up areas in the farm that have been neglected over the years. Uh, in fact, I took a, a load into the dump this week and asked the guy, I said, so how is it how's business here? And he said, busy. He said, we've got a lot of people that are cleaning up farms. He said, a lot of parents have decided to put their kids to work cleaning up farms. So he said, people are bringing stuff in. So uh, people are making the bust of it. And uh, I just want to encourage you to to, to keep plugging away. Um, because honestly, we talked about this last week, your focus in this is so important. Uh, it is so important that, that you keep a healthy focus, uh, that you focus on uh, the opportunities that you have, that the, you focus on the things that you can do, not necessarily the things that you cannot do. So I just want to encourage you as we head in. We're going to see some of that this morning with Israel. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's look to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we will, uh, then we'll get started today. So um, let's pray. Lord, uh, I know that it has been a hard, hard week for many. Um, Lord, there are lots of folks who... Um, are struggling Um, Lord but the reality of it is we were each given another week that Lord we have the health that we have today to be able to do the things that we can do and Lord we have the assurance that uh, one day Lord when we leave this world as as your children that although we are absent from this body we are present with you and we look forward to that day Lord, I understand that, that, that times are really tough for some who are watching today. So I just ask that you would give them grace and strength. Um, Lord, for health concerns, uh, job concerns. Uh, for some, Lord, just the um, issue of family and, and, and for finances. The Lord, in each one of those situations, you would work, Lord, as, as really only um, you can. Lord, would you heal those that are sick? Would you encourage those that have to lead, strengthen them? Um, Lord, would you protect those that, that are on the uh, front lines of this? And Lord, for each of us, uh, may you use this to draw us closer to you, closer to one another. And um, Lord, we thank you for all that we have. And so Lord, this morning as we open your word, I ask that you would help us not just to listen and hear, but that we would do, that you would speak to each of our hearts that, Lord, whatever burdens, whatever struggles, whatever issues that we have that this morning, you would give us some direction and guidance on how to go forward. So uh, use it in our lives, and we thank you for the time. Uh, These things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, if you've been with us, we are in uh, the life of Moses. This is actually our 10th message in this series. We started with Moses as a child. We've taken Moses all the way up to as an 80 year old plus person, he leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. We talked last week about the idea that uh, he leads them out of Egypt and God intends, God has a plan. And so God says, look, here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to, to go south. And the next thing you know, Israel finds themselves at the Red Sea. So they have a sea in front of them. Pharaoh understands that Uh, There's a tremendous amount of confusion by the Israelites, so Pharaoh takes his armies and decides to pursue Israel. So Israel turns around, and they see the enemy behind them, and they see a Red Sea in front of them, and we talked about what we called some Red Sea principles, some ideas, and so last week we started, we we, we worked through about four of those last week, and um, this morning we're going to add to those, but we talked about, first of all, the idea that the Red Sea didn't take God by surprise. Um, God knew exactly what he was doing. He had planned to have the children of Israel to the Red Sea. It was part of what God was at, at work doing. We talked about the fact that God was with them. Um, God had not abandoned them. He leads them with, with fire at night. He leads them with a, a pillar of cloud by the day. So he's constantly in front of them. His presence is always there. Um, we talked about the idea that God's focus is always his glory, not necessarily our comfort. And that although Israel was going to be faced with this challenge, the reality of it is, God said, I I want to do something here. In order to do something, I'm going to put you in in a predicament here. We're going to have a sea in front of you and an enemy behind you. But I've got a plan. And we talked about last week where we ended was the idea of where you focus is so important. And Israel gets themselves in trouble. And you're going to see this over and over again as we go forward in this series. Israel gets themselves in trouble because what Israel does is Israel focuses on the circumstance or the obstacle. In this case, the sea in front of them, even though God was in front of them as well, they focused on the sea. And the enemy that was behind them. And so they cried out to Moses. And that's where we're going to pick up our story this morning. So we're in Exodus chapter 14. And here's what the text says. It says, Moses answered the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you this day, today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. One of the things that you see in this passage is that what happens is God says, all right, Moses... You need to tell the people to trust me. You need to tell the people to, to wait on me. Moses, I've got a plan. I know what I'm doing. I have a deal that, that, that I've got to work out. But in order to do that, I have to put you in this test. I have to put you in this situation. And Israel, one of the things that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to learn to wait on me. And I know one of the things that's, that, that's so hard with what we're faced with right now is the uncertainty is the what ifs, is the what's going to happen next kind of thing. And it's important during those times that we do exactly what Moses told the children of Israel. Wait on the Lord. Trust the Lord in his timing, in his plan, in his way. God will do what he needs to do, but you're going to have to wait. And I think that's what's so hard for many of us. Because we have our, our, our routines and we have our, our, our schedules and we have our lives all planned out. And one of the things that this crisis has done is it's helped us to acknowledge the fact that we're really not in control. And the irony is it's actually teaching us to do something that we should be doing all along anyway, and that's learning to wait and trust God. But notice, the text goes on. And again, in Exodus chapter 14, here's what it says. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. One of the things that's interesting is um, this idea that God is going to make a way for Israel to cross. God's going to make a way through um, the, the obstacle that is in front of them. Um, There's an interesting sidelight to this passage uh, here in Exodus 14. Um, Let me fast forward 40 years from now. Forty years from now, what's going to happen is the children of Israel are going to get ready to cross the Jordan River, to go into Canaan, to go into the Promised Land. And when Israel gets ready to go into the Promised Land, one of the things that's interesting in the book of Joshua is it says, that one of the reasons God is doing this is so that you will know that the same God that was with Moses is with you, Joshua. The people will know that the same God that delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt is now going to deliver the children of Israel into the promised land. But what's interesting in that story is that um, as the children of Israel, it it talks about uh, the whole circumstance of how they crossed the Jordan River. And they talk about, it talks about the idea that the Jordan River is at flood stage. And literally the priests who are in the front in this case actually have to go and actually start to step into the water. And the text says that as the sole of the priest's foot touches the water, the waters divide. (laughs) It's a reminder to Israel that, look, God was with Moses, God's going to be with you. Now go back 40 years to the children at the Red Sea. What's interesting here is most of us have brought up, along with me, we've been brought up with the idea that Moses waves his hand and the, the waters part. Um, there's a commentator by the name of McIntosh, and, and he has a very interesting take on this. Uh, and, and when I look at the text in Joshua, and I look at this text, I wonder if he's got something here when he talks about it. And he talks about the idea that when Moses parts the, the Red Sea, that literally it does not part all at once, but it parts literally as the children of Israel are walking forward. And it talks about, he talks about this concept, and I think that's what you see in the, in, in the life of Israel at the Jordan River, is this idea that it takes a step of faith for you to step out and trust God that God's going to do what he's going to do. And I don't know. I don't know if it parts all at once. I don't, I, it, to me, it's a fascinating concept that as Israel walked, the waters just continued to part. Or as Moses led them, the waters continued to part. Um, I'm not sure, but to me it's this idea, and you're going to see this over and over again with the children of Israel. It's this idea that you have to step out trusting God in faith, that God's going to make a way, and God's going to take care of it. And that was what Israel had to do. He basically looks at at Moses, and Moses looks at the people of Israel, and he says, okay, let's go forward. It's time to go forward now. And even though there's a sea in front of us, God's going to make a way. And God's going to take care of it. And that's an incredible reminder, incredible encouragement for us as we head into this time. The text goes on, and here's what it says. Then an angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, we talked about this, the pillar of cloud, the fire, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front of them and stood behind them. So you have an angel and God doing that. It says, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Now what's interesting about this story, what's interesting about this whole idea here, is this concept that what God does here is this is actually a reminder of of one of the plagues. Do you remember when we talked about the plagues? We talked about the plague in which there was darkness over Egypt uh, over the space of three days. And to the Egyptians who worshiped the sun, that was a big deal. And we talked about the idea that when that plague happens, for three days, there is light in the land of Goshen, where God's people are. There is darkness in the land of Egypt. When you read this text, that's exactly what God does. He puts, if you would, a wall between them. And on one side there is light, and on one side there is darkness. God makes that separation. And the children of Israel, all of a sudden now, instead of seeing the enemy who is behind them, what happens? Now they see God. Now they see the presence of God guiding them. Now they see the presence of, in front of them, the obstacles removed. Behind them, there is a, there's something blocking the, children, the, the Egyptians from getting to the children of Israel. And that's often what you see. You often see on one side of a situation darkness and confusion on the other side of the situation you see light and clarity and I think it's important for us as believers to understand that in something like this we don't need to have the confusion and a paranoia and everything else the world needs the world experiences we can have clarity we can have as Philippians talks about the peace of God which passes all understanding we can be anxious for nothing we can pray um, and, and, and trust God that he's going to provide a way, that God's going to work in our and through our lives to get us through even a situation like what we are experiencing now in our world. Um, the story goes on. Exodus chapter 14, here's what it says. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry ground. Land. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through on the sea on dry ground, a wall of water on their right and on their left. If you go on in the passage, what happens is it talks about the Egyptians and they get confused, and God all of a sudden creates all of this turmoil for them. And then the passage goes on to say this: it says, But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptian, the people feared the Lord. And they put their trust in Him and in Moses as His servant. Here's what you find out. God delivers the children of Israel. And God delivers the children of Israel in a great way. Um, One of the things that that, that is overwhelming is when you go back and you read that section in between, what happens is uh, the Israelites, or the the Egyptians pursue after the children of Israel, and as they get into that dry land, it's like the wheels of their chariot get stopped, and they become confused, and it's interesting because the text actually says the Egyptians realized that God was fighting for the children of Israel. And so they become paranoid and start to panic. And then basically Moses just waves his hand and the waves come crashing in and there's nothing. And and again, don't miss this. Don't miss the idea that all of the chariots and all of the horses and all of the men are now drowned in the sea. And as the children of Israel look behind them, there's nothing but, but wooden chariots floating and... Carcasses coming up on the shoreline, realizing that God had wiped out the entire Egyptian army. And children of Israel realized their God was an incredible God. God didn't, again, God didn't do it the way Israel thought it was going to be done. God has His time, His plan, His purposes, His way for working out what He wants to do. And God accomplishes a great thing. And Israel stepped back and realized you know what? God is God. And just as God had demonstrated himself to, to the Egyptian that he was God, now he's demonstrating to the, to the Israelites, look, I'm your God, and I will fight for you, and I will be with you. And it's interesting because Exodus chapter 15, and I want to encourage you, I'm just going to look at the first part of the verse this morning. But Israel sings a song with, with Miriam and Aaron and, and everybody else, and, and, and here's what it says. It um, says, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. "I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. Both horse and driver, he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I, I will exalt Him." They sing praises to the Lord. They take some time, and they go through, and they praise God. And I want to encourage you, pull out your Bible, read Exodus chapter 15. Because in Exodus chapter 15, there's this big, huge, long song of praise. And then we're going to go three days into the journey of Israel, and that's where we're going to be next week. But I want you to understand that as Israel stands on the sides of that shore, they sit back and they praise God. Because they realize God's done an incredible thing. So, Let's talk about some things that, that, that apply to us um, as, we go, as we go forward in this whole uh, deal uh, concerning what we're up against right now um, with this pandemic and um, our lives have been kind of turned upside down. Um, let, let's just talk about a few things. First of all, one of the things that's important is, is we have to learn to really um, trust God here. Um. It's easy, I know, to um, be very uncomfortable right now. Because the reality of it is, everything in, you know in your world has, has changed or altered in some way. Um, there is nothing um, that is, is normal in, in the world of our routines. Um, the way we do business is different. The way we interact is different. The way we talk to people is different. The, everything, all kinds of things have happened. And one of the things that's important is that we really need to step back and learn what God tried to teach Israel at the Red Sea. And that's the idea of trust me. And I understand that waiting is hard. I understand that in our world, we like to have control and we like to run by schedules and we like to run by all those things. But the reality of it is what we're we're doing right now, the way we're living right now, is the way we should have been living all along. With the idea of, I don't know what today holds for me. So I'm going to make the best of the day that I have. I have all kinds of obstacles in front of me, but I'm going to learn to trust God through what he's doing right now. I'm going to to learn and I'm going to step back with the idea that God is going to take care of me somehow. One of the things that we have to learn during this time is to really trust God. Second thing that I think you see is this idea that God will provide. Um, With Israel, they couldn't see it. I mean, when you look at this story with the children of Israel, they're confused. I mean, God has done this incredible thing to lead them out. And now what they do is they find themselves trapped. They've got an enemy that's that's pursuing them, ready to kill them. They have a a sea in front of them. So they're trying to make the choice, do I drown or do I die at the hand of the sword or become a slave again? And the reality of it is, the reality of it is God was going to provide a way. But they had to trust him, and they had to be patient, and they had to allow God to do what God wanted to do and be God. Some of you right now, that's what's happening. You're really struggling because you're trying, you don't see how in the world God's going to do anything. You don't see how God can provide. You've lost a job. Maybe your finances uh, have been affected. Uh, maybe um, in a situation health-wise, you, you You had things you had to put off and you're, you're concerned and you're worried and and you don't have the interaction with people. And you're like, how in the world is God going to take care of me through this? And here's what I'm going to tell you. God will. Um, I I don't say this lightly. Uh, Many of you who, 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 who know our story know that um, I have been in situations personally where I've had to see God provide, where literally we had to trust God, um, one of the things that my wife and I have learned over the years is we've, we, we go back, and we're going to talk about this at the end, but we go back and we look at the ways God has taken care of us. And a lot of times I'll look at my wife, and we'll be up against a situation where we've got something in front of us and behind us, and we really don't see a way out, and I'll say, Honey, look, here, here's all I know. I've watched God take care of us over and over and over again. And he's not going to abandon us now. There's no reason for God to turn his back on us now. He's faithfully taking care of us in situations that are far worse than this. I I remember times when when we made the transition to to come to this ministry. I mean, a lot of people don't understand, but for about the first 10 years, I was a bivocational pastor. Uh, This was a small church, and it was a struggling church, and, and they did the best they could. And so they were paying me, I think it was like $75 a week to come down and preach for them. And I had left a $30,000 a year job and there was no way the numbers work. I mean, I, I've gone back over it a hundred times and there's just no way the numbers work. And we'd come home once in a while and we'd find a sack of groceries uh, or two or three sacks of groceries. and I'll never forget Christmas. We, we did the best we could with our kids, but we didn't have a lot to provide for them. So we were making the, the, the best that we could do with the best that we could. I'll never forget, we walked out um, this actually happened a couple of times. We walked out to our car um, after a, a, Christmas, a Christmas service here at the church. And uh, there was one Sunday, there was one night that we didn't know how we were going to get home because people had put so many Christmas presents in our car for our children and for us that we didn't know if we had enough room for the kids and all the presents to get back to our house in Sioux City. And I've watched God over and over and over Provide a way when the walls and everything around us said there's no way. And one of the things that you have to do is you have to learn to trust that God will provide. God will make a way. And it's important because I think sometimes we forget that. And I think sometimes we forget that, that even though there's a, there's, a, there's a Red Sea in front of them, an enemy behind them, God steps in and God says, look, I'm going to make a way for you to get across. And I'm going to do something great here, but you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to understand that, that I'm in charge and I will do something here, but you're going to have to trust me. I think a third principle here is the idea that God tests us. Now, here's the reality of it. Is none of us like tests. I, first of all, I didn't like school, so that was a big enough thing. But then to have tests was even harder. And I know it's hard sometimes because none of us like tests. But you know what? Here's what a test does. A test shows you your weaknesses. It shows you, we used to say in my culture, failures. Um, But it also shows you successes. So I would say this. A test is going to reveal your strengths, and it's going to reveal areas for your growth. It's going to show, look, you haven't, in school, you haven't mastered this concept yet. Here's a concept you have mastered. You did really well with this. You need to work on this. It's no different for Christians. It's no different in our life. God tests us. God puts situations in front of us to test us. And those tests do two things. They show areas that we have grown and areas that we're strong, and they show areas that we need growth. Um, I think of, uh, in fact, here's what you're going to see. You read Exodus 15 this week, you're going to find out. Three days later, they're faced with another test. And you're going to see a whole series of tests that God gives the children of Israel. Over and over and over again to help them understand this principle of trusting me. Turn to me first, not last. And so what happens is, a test shows you that. And through some of this, here's what's happened for some of you. For some of you, this thing has really rattled your faith. And it's shown you that, you know what? Your faith isn't as strong as you thought it was. And Warren Wiersbe said it this way. Um, I, I, mean, I want to get the quote right. Uh, but, but I like, um, I, I like what, uh, okay, I got to go back to it because I, I skipped over it. Um, a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Let me say it again. A faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. It's easy to believe when everything goes your way, but when things aren't going your way, when it's tested, when, it, when, when you've got an enemy in front and an enemy behind, that's when you're going to find out. And for some of you, as this virus thing has tested and pushed your faith, you've started to realize that, you know what, your faith isn't as strong as you thought it was. And that's a good thing. You go, well, that means that I, I need a stronger faith. Yeah, that's right. Now you know where you are, and you know, just like a test. You know where you are, you know what you need to work on. For some of you, it's just the opposite. In the past, something like this would have pushed you over the edge. Something like this would have really rattled your world and rattled your case. but the reality of it is you're handling it pretty well. And you're not reacting like you would have two, three, four, five, ten years ago. And so in your case, as God has tested you and pushed you, you're actually seeing that you've, you, you've grown quite a bit. We all have areas where we can grow more, but you're actually doing pretty well through this. And I would just remind you, I would encourage you, To understand that, look, testing is part of this Christian journey. And our faith is always going to be tested. Because God continually wants us to grow and become more and more like Him. And in order to do that, He allows tests. He allows these kinds of situations into our lives. The last thing is this. The last principle is this idea of learning to praise. Learning to glorify God. And to know that when we come up against something like what we're up against right now, that's really hard. Because again, we focus on all of the things that, that, that we don't have instead of the things that we do have. And I touched on this last week. And you're going to see this over and over again in the life of the children of Israel. This issue of praise is really important. It's fascinating to read Exodus chapter 15, and all the things that they're grateful to God for and the way that they see God and, and God's power and all these kinds of things. It's amazing to me that three days later they've forgotten it. But they're just like us. We do the same thing. And I want to challenge you to maybe try to refocus some of what we're going through right now. And what I'm going to say some of you're going to have a very hard time with, but I just want you to think it through. I think right now, this situation that we find ourselves in is an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift from God because I think what has happened is, for the first time, here's what's happening in a lot of lives. We are starting to realize what's really important. We're starting to step back and take another look at this thing we call life. I think, as I'm hearing from parents, as I'm hearing from other people, is it hard? Yes. But you know what? There have been incredible blessings in the middle of all of this. I'm seeing parents reconnect with kids, I'm seeing kids interact with parents and finding out you know what? My parents are not the enemy. I'm watching kids come to the forefront and do all kinds of things, whether it's uh, helping cook or or, or learning how to clean or learning how to do things at the house or fixing projects up or doing things for mom and dad. It's incredible. I'm watching parents. I'm watching husbands and wives actually start to talk and communicate and do things together because in the past, what has happened is everybody's running so many different schedules in so many different ways. Nobody was ever together. Now all of a sudden people are forced to be together together. And that either turns out well or it turns out poorly. And I just want to encourage you, and just in case some of you know, I, I got a fat lip um, the other day. I was working on a, a piece of, uh, um, pulling up a piece of plastic pipe, and I went to bend it, and it snapped back and hit me. So it, it's not that my wife busted me in the lip because of something that I said. But um, <clears throat> our situation has, has gone well because we're starting to realize that, you know what, we like each other. I mean, we've always known that, but we really like each other. We like being together. <laughs> and it's been a great thing for our marriage. My wife loves it because it's been a great thing around our farm. Stuff Projects are getting done. The projects that have been on a burner for a long time are starting to get done. And we're doing them together. And the incredible thing is what, what, what has happened, I, people are rethinking this whole um, uh, people versus things mindset. And we're starting to realize we don't need as many things as we think we needed. We're starting to realize that people are more important than things. We're starting to look at life completely differently. And let me tell you something that is an incredible gift because most people go their entire lifetime and never stop and take the time to think about what's really important. So they run from urgent to urgent to urgent. They pack their schedules as full as they can. And all of a sudden now we're starting to realize, you know what? There's a whole nother world out there that actually can bring some of the things that I've been pursuing. So I think we need to step back and take a look at this thing from a different perspective and realize What an incredible gift we have, even though it's a tragedy, even though it's difficult, even though people are dying. The reality of it is, we've been given this brief glimpse, not just in our country, but in the entire world, to stop and ask ourselves what's really, really important. And Israel stops and takes the time to say, God, it was difficult, but thank you. God you, 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 you did some incredible things here, and we praise you for it. And I think it's something that probably we as Americans, and particularly those of us in our culture, I, I was talk, we talked, mentioned this with somebody this week. I said, I am so grateful that I am in this area of the country, that to be isolated on a farm is an incredible experience. To be able to enjoy nature and the space, and all of the things around us. And I just want to encourage you, because I think sometimes we lose that. And if we're not careful, we're like Israel. All we're going to do is focus on the obstacles or the problem, and not on the blessings, and not on the opportunities that come out of it. So as we wrap our time up this week, I end with, uh, with this. Trust God. He will accomplish His plan and His time in your life. Do what He asks you to do. Realize that God is always going to allow our faith to be tested. Testing helps us realize our strengths and our areas for growth. And all of us need to step back and praise and thank God for allowing this time in our lives to draw us closer to Him, to one another, and to see what's really important. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Father, I thank you that even though in something as serious as this pandemic, and Lord, even though we deal with the reality of it is that uh, people die, Lord, that the reality is that death is not new. So, Lord, thank you for those of us that are assured of our relationship with you. We're assured of our salvation. We know that absent from the body here is present with you, Lord. We thank you for that assurance. So death isn't something, Lord, that we have to fear, but rather, Lord, something that as a believer we ultimately look forward to. But Lord, while we're here, um, you have a job for us, you have a task for us, you have a ministry for us. So Lord, help us to learn to trust you. Help us to learn to be honest with ourselves as our faith and our, our, our beliefs are, are tested. Lord, may we take time to not just see the obstacles and the problems, but Lord, may you help us to be able to see what you're doing through all of this. And Lord, may we find uh, the blessings in the midst of of difficulty and and, and struggle. Lord, would you use this? Um, Lord, would you help us, guide us, direct us? When everything is said and done, when we get to meet together again, Lord, may we appreciate and value fellowship and communion and the things, Lord, that we get to do so often. And may we not take them for granted. And Lord, use this in our lives As we try to serve you and honor you this week, may people see Christ in us. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, um, that concludes our time. Uh, Lord willing, we'll uh, see you online next week. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, We look forward to hearing from you. If you uh, drop us a note or uh, encourage somebody else, let them know that you're thinking of them, um, that you're praying for them. And um, I want to encourage you to encourage somebody else. And uh, may we just continue to build one another up uh, until we get such a time that we can get together physically um, again. So, um, Lord bless you. Uh, We will see you next week.